the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 390. I'm Paul Spain and with me is... Hema Patel, GM of Lightbox. Hema, thank you very much for joining the podcast, your very first time. Yeah, it's exciting. Thanks for coming in. Now, maybe you could just fill people in a little bit of where you fit into this world of uh, technology and media in New Zealand. Such a big question early on, Paul. (laughs) Um, So I run, obviously, Lightbox, which is uh, New Zealand's fastest growing streaming video company. We've rebuilt our entire platform. We'll talk a little bit about that later, I think. Um, So technology is a thing that I know pretty well, Um, how complicated it is, how exciting it can be. Um, so I'm on, I'm on the journey, shall we say. Great. All right. Well, let, let's jump in. There's lots of news to talk about and definitely keen to hear what's happening in the world of uh, Lightbox. Um, now, first up, Rocket Lab. Uh, we had heard about their uh, launch that was uh, called It's Business Time uh, that, were, that was due to happen. That got postponed. Uh, now they have set some new dates. June twenty third uh, through to July sixth is when uh, when their next uh, launch takes place, and this is really their move into full um, commercial rocket launches, which is pretty exciting, isn't it? Super, like little old New Zealand company. It's so good. Um, I think that they're doing some fantastic stuff. I am really hope it goes well for them, honestly, because I think that puts continues to put New Zealand on the world map in the innovation space and we're doing some great stuff and this will be really noisy in a good way, you know, yeah. great PR. Yeah, well, it's interesting you should mention the New Zealand aspect because the headline on The Verge was, <laughs> read this, US space startup Rocket Lab sets new date for first commercial launch. Of course, it's forced everything, what do they say, success has many fathers. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess that that's the nature of them, uh, you know, being uh, established in, in Los Angeles, and I, you know, I guess that's probably their their official HQ as far as NASA is concerned. I'm sure to do business with NASA, you probably have to be a US company, um, and you know whatnot. There's probably a whole lot of set of rules there, and and yeah, with most of their funding being US based. But um, you know, hopefully, we still get a little bit of press in there from time to time. Hopefully, I'm sure we will. <laughs> I think being in the zone or being in it I don't think we can underplay how important that actually is because I think I love New Zealand I've lived here all of my life um, but being in the context of where your product's genesis is nothing beats it mm-hmm. I was in the US last week not, um, and sort of the, the heart of Hollywood and you, you, great reminder about what it is to be in a TV business and I imagine that being in the US for a business like Rocket Lab is exactly that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they would be able to do, you know, what they're, what they're doing now um, if they, you know, tried to stay a fully Kiwi, I mean, Kiwi entity or certainly not at the same pace. That's right. It's momentum, yeah. momentum I think. Yeah. I think yeah. they might still get there, but it's all, everything, technology is moving so quickly. I think you need to be there to, to move with it. Mm. Mm. So that's good news. Uh, and, of course, I had a, a chat with uh, Peter Beck on one of the recent uh, New Zealand uh, tech podcast episodes, 
and we will have a New Zealand business podcast episode coming up where we drill in a bit more into uh, into Peter Beck's story and, and that of Rocket Labs. So um, that will be should be a goodie. Uh, now the New Zealand High Tech Awards were on last week in Christchurch. That would have been probably while you were in the US. Away. Yeah, I saw I saw the Twitter feed. Yes, always, uh, always lots of lots of uh, tweets and uh, and excitement. Um, and look, congratulations to all of the all of the winners. I know there'll be um, you know a, a bunch listening in. Um, so I thought, well, we should at least um, call out a couple of them uh, in Venco named. Um, the high tech company of the year, so they've sort of you know went, won the uh, the the grand prize. And look, this is a, a company that um, you know to a degree sort of sits uh, under the radar a, a little bit, considering their their successes. Um, you know, they don't have the the same sort of profile as say a you know a zero and so on because we you know we're all uh, well a, a lot of companies are are interacting and, and using zero day today. Invenco's mm. uh, you know technology um, you know is out all over the all over the world, um, but it's not so obvious when you uh, use it that you're actually using their technology, right? So no, that's um, right. It's like not knowing who you're. Um when you when you're buying a cup of coffee and, and and knowing who your actual payment provider actually is in the background, it's, it's, yeah. that, it's that thing's a little bit of a thankless task, really. But actually, there's probably quite a lot of um, scale to be gained when you think about the access to every single kind of business that has transactions. Mm. You know, I think mm. that the opportunity is huge. Yeah, well, look, it's um, you know they're, they're an interesting business. Um, they they came out. Um, of um, what was uh, Provenco uh, Cadmus, which um, um, you know they they acquired the retail automation business of of uh, Provenco Cadmus, and um, um, Sir Peter Meir, who's been on the show before, and uh, you know da- David um, Ritten, um, you know behind making that happen. But look, over the last sort of you know eight nine years, they've uh, you know they've been very very successful at. Uh, um, you know, building up that self-service, uh, you know, payment solutions business. Uh, yeah, I think they've done very, very well with the um, uh, retailers of uh, petrol and and the like. Um, but obviously, sort of, you know, broadening out as well. So it's 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 good to see. And look, there, there is opportunity for innovation in in this space. And I haven't had a you know a close look at um, at what they're doing. So we may have to. Um, you know, have one of them on for for a podcast. But one thing I came across in the US that may have, may or may not have been their technology, but it was um, it just jumped out at me because it was sort of somewhat better use of um, uh, payment terminal and a, and a petrol station, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. And, I mean, so often, though, if you go to sort of swipe your card to pay in a gas station, um, there have been problems and it basically just sends you into the store. Mm. And even more so if you're uh, on the other side of the world using a New Zealand credit card and it's asking for a zip code. And look, you know, I found a workaround that sometimes works is to put a zero in front of your New Zealand, um, (laughs) you know, uh, what do we, uh, postcode. And that can work sounds like a life hack and uh yeah one of those <laughs> anyway i tried it on this uh this machine and i, and I think it, it went through in this case so i didn't need to go in um but what did come up was an ad offering me pizza 
Excellent. On the spot. <laughs> it was just like, what? I'm Hold on, I'm paying for my gas, and now you're telling me I can get pizza. And I can't remember whether it, whether it was it would deliver it to right where I was, but it was, uh, look, you can get some discount pizza right now while you're making this transaction. I was like, oh, that's actually really genius use of, you know, that interaction with me to right. upsell, sell me something else. So, um, yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of interesting. And I don't think it was from the, the on-site retailer. I think it was from, a you know, a, one of the big pizza brands. Oh, my gosh. And they were, they were offering to, um, you know, sell me pizza on the spot. Yeah, I guess that's the kind of um, how do we how do we come up against Uber Eats, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, wow, it's interesting. So, yes, but, you know, I'm certainly, uh, you know, in- interested to, uh, to to learn a little bit more. So, um, you know, stay tuned. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> uh, Claudia Batten uh, inducted into the New Zealand High Tech Hall of Fame, uh, a bit of a, a legend in New Zealand um tech circles for mm, all of her work absolutely uh, Dexy Bit uh, they took out uh, two awards and um, have you read a little bit about what they're doing so I find these guys really interesting and um I'm increasingly passionate about the use of data and technology. And when I think about this as a use case to go, well, actually, how do I actually understand who's coming in and out of my venue, what they're doing when they're there, and what the opportunities are for me to interact with them while they're there or, or, or draw them back in? It's huge. And I think it's a f- big data is really topical for me, and it's a fantastic application of data in a way that people understand what the value of using that data is mm. and then you can plug your technology around that I think it's uh, yeah I, I love it I love the I love the story and I think that the potential of, of how they could roll this business out broadly um, is huge mm. well deserved yeah it is and look I think it's great that we have the uh, high-tech you know, awards every year because it, you know, it really highlights those that are doing well that we often don't hear too much about. No. Um, so, look, I'm, I'll, um, I'll have to see whether we can, you know, set up some interviews and, and get some of the, uh, mm. uh, the winners and, and finalists on the show because we, we probably don't hear enough of their stories. You see the odd headline and bits and pieces, but um, look, there's some really inspiring work going on. And New Zealand, you know, I think like in many areas, we often punch above our weight in, in the tech field. And I think that's so important to, you know, our future as a, as a nation that we, you know, we really, uh, you know, build on that, build on the successes of the past mm. and we, we keep doing more of this. I think what I'm, in, you know, just to sort of draw on this one second longer, that, um, you know, digs a bit in the National Gallery in London, like that's... I just can't believe how powerful that would be. It just mm. I can't imagine how they're using that data uh, in a good way, I would presume. Let's hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> look, there's always two sides to how data can be used. But, you know, I think, um, you know, ultimately you get this sort of stuff right, then, it, you know, it ends up generally being good good for everyone. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, Lots yeah. of options. Yeah. Um, and I, I had an email through from uh, Swiped On as well, who they were, they were a finalist. Um, they're based out of Tauranga, but they're just in the process of uh, opening an office in um, Boulder, Colorado. So, 
you know, look, there's there's another business that's expanding out into the US. Mm. They're offering as a software as a service um, product that you use for uh, primarily for meeting rooms, and you know, a lot of rooms are tending to have this now, yes. and and uh, you know, so you can see what meetings up next and all that sort of stuff. Having those uh, uh, digital displays and looks like they're doing a good job they've got a, a you know, quite a nice looking uh, client list on you know Hugo Boss Estee Lauder Cat Mobile uh, some New Zealand ones in there My Food Bag Main Freight uh, you know and a bunch of other international companies so um, yeah, they seem to be doing a good job attracting the right sort of attention which is I, pleasing I was talking to a um, colleague in Australia and um their business is run out of the Philippines or some parts of their business. And she was talking a bit to me last week about um, having a new assistant, but the assistant was going to be based in the Philippines. And in my head, I didn't kind of understand how that could work. But when you think about an application like Swiped On, of course it could. So why wouldn't you be able to do remote meeting, room, calendar, Management, bookings, and all those sorts of things. It's just things. a different way of. It's a it's a yeah. great way of sort of applying technology actually because I think it's going to make your life actually much easier. And but at the time she said it, I didn't kind of understand how it would actually practically work. Mm. So mm. I can see how this in an increasingly global world, how this can actually be a, a something that actually makes life easier for lots of different people. But an, an, an application I wouldn't necessarily have thought of. Mm. You know. Mm. 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 Um, GDPR, mm. it's here as of uh, just a, just a few days ago. Yeah. Okay, here's the quiz. Do you know what it stands for? No! <laughs> now I'm trying to remember because I didn't write it down anywhere. General Data Protection something. Okay, we'll 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 come we'll come back to that while I uh, while I Google it. Sheesh, I set myself up there as well. You did. Um, <laughs> Regulation. There you go. All right. Well, I got I got three out of uh, three out of four. It's not bad. Um, so it's here now. the The headline that really caught my my attention was basically as as soon as we hit May twenty fifth. Uh, was that Google and uh, Facebook were hit with this uh, with big uh, lawsuits? Eight point eight billion dollars in lawsuits on day one of uh, uh, GDPR. Um, now this wasn't brought to um, by the EU th- uh, themselves, um, but uh, you know a, a citizen that's uh, initiated this, which I thought was uh, was rather interesting. Privacy. Activist Max Schrems, a longtime critic um, <laughs> of um, you know how how Facebook and Google uh, co- collect data. Uh, do you think we're going to see a whole lot of a whole lot more lawsuits, or um, do, you, do you think it'll uh, you know things will settle down and everyone will will comply? Because people have been working for a long time to comply, and of mm. course Google and Facebook, I, you know, I think um, would feel pretty confident that they're uh, they're complying with the rules as as well. Hopefully, they're yeah. probably not trying to do a an Uber and uh, try and uh, you know push push the, the the laws too far. I wouldn't have thought. No, and Facebook's had a little bit of a dress rehearsal on the global stage recently so I think that they'll absolutely try and if not already have their ducks in a row Um, but I think that of course we'll see more more lawsuits and um, 
whilst I wouldn't suggest that it's a license to print money, if you you know success in any one of these lawsuits is, is big money, so mm, you'd, mm. you'd have a crack, maybe. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. <laughs> Um, now, on to autonomous cars, because there's always something mm. around autonomous cars to talk about. And look, this week there were a few things that um, caught my attention. The The first was Apple, and we hear, you know, we've heard bits and pieces along the way, and of course Apple like to be quite secretive. Um, and... Yeah, that's that's their prerogative. Um, but of course, you can't keep everything secret, especially when you are Apple, because um, you know pe- people tend to talk. And so, you know, it started out the rumours that Apple was working on developing their own, um, you know, self-driving vehicles, and then they fired a bunch of people, and the team got sort of smaller, and it became clear that they were working on the software for autonomous vehicles or driverless cars uh, rather than um, the fact, you know, rather than us expecting to see, you know, an Apple, uh, the first Apple-branded car, uh, that that we would likely see their technology in other vehicles. Mm. Um, and so the, the update on that is that's, that's come through is, look, that Apple... Um, they worked pretty hard to establish partnerships, and this is what the New York Times have been reporting uh, with sort of the, the, the luxury end of the market, uh, BMW and Mercedes-Benz being, uh, being, being mentioned. They didn't manage to uh, pull that off, but they have cut a deal apparently uh, with uh, Volkswagen. And so um, there, there will be a, a move forward with uh, some new T6 transporter uh, vans and that are going to be made into self-driving shuttles for Apple employees um, is, the way, is the way I'm reading it. So, um, or, yeah, so self-driving uh, shuttles for, for getting people around the place. Um, yeah. Feels like a good first step and I think about both of those brands and, and where they've come from and what they aspire to be mm. feels like a, you know, a natural kind of a partnership um, I'm really interested to know how this goes actually because I, I it's almost like who's going to do it first and it might not be who we quite expected um, so I guess it's a watching brief mm. right mm. well I mean Google seemed to be doing pretty well with their self-driving mm. uh, you know, technology well uh, Waymo, which you know, I guess doesn't sit under Google anymore; it sits under Alphabet. But yes. uh, um, you know, that's that's all on, and you know, to to the point that you will, you know, if you're in Arizona later this year, then as a general member of the public, you'll be able to, uh, you know, fire up your Waymo app as you would fire up an an, an Uber or equivalent type app today, mm. and um, and 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 book an aut- autonomous uh, ride. So. Um, that's the word anyway, but of course we've had all sorts of promises before, but it, it does seem as though the Close. Waymo technology is, is you know, very, very well developed now and um, you know, hopefully something that's, that's safe. Now, talking about safety, <laughs> um, Uber have announced that they're shutting down their Arizona operations and of course that's where they had um, you know, their, their accident in um, in recent months and they've just decided to uh, to pull the plug entirely on those operations in in Arizona they had 
you know, effectively stopped them, but it, you know, that there was a, a chunk of uh, uh, staff that were employed in Arizona uh, from the people that uh, that sit behind um, the steering wheels, you know, not really driving, uh, but supposedly, you know, trying to keep a watch on things, um, yeah, through through to other roles. But uh, they've announced that they're uh, they're shutting that down uh, entirely. I think the. Um not to make light of this at all, but um, the user testing of driverless cars, I feel like we're going to see a little bit more of this, which is absolutely not making light of it. But mistakes happen mm-hmm. and um, technology fails sometimes. So um, it's it's quite a, for me, it sort of starts to turn into a little bit, a little bit of an ethical argument as well, you know, pretty pretty quickly after the technology one. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's, it'll happen. Well, there's a Timing. point. There's a point at which you have to go from your uh, virtual environments of mm. testing to getting on the road. Yes, and even in a in a even with really, really, really good technology that's you know drives better than we do, there will be issues, right? Of course, and. Yeah, you know, I guess the curious, uh, the curious uh, one here was, you know, what's also come out in the last few days, uh, you know, around this accident that took place in, in Arizona, and it did, you know, lead um, to somebody's death. So it's, you know, a, a really sad situation. Um, the the other sort of, you know, details that are starting to come out from the investigations in in the US here. Um, I guess uh, to me they highlight sort of two human elements. So the news that we've heard is that um, emergency braking in the self-driving vehicle was actually turned off. Mm. So uh, there was an initial um, awareness of the uh, you know driverless car system aware of the person wasn't quite sure exactly what it was, but it was. You know, captured about six seconds before impact, uh, and the pedestrian was classified as an unknown object, then as a vehicle, then as a bicycle. Mm. Uh, but at one point three seconds before impact, it was determined that uh, emergency braking was needed, but that had then been had been disabled, and of course you had somebody behind the wheel who it seems wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. either. So you, you had some some quite human breakdowns there. There was a human decision to turn yeah. off that uh, braking, emergency braking system. Mm. And look, I think that's reasonably common in the technological world where something's maybe not working quite right and you go and turn it off. Now, whether you should be doing that with a emergency braking system, mm. um, well, I guess in hindsight there's um, – you know, some thinking that would suggest you shouldn't have. Now, of course, we don't know how how badly maybe that was, you know, or how poor it was in terms of maybe it was stopping every, you know, two k's or something yeah. in an emergency situation because it was triggering false. Um, so there's that aspect, and then there's the human aspect of that there was supposed to be a safety driver sort of That's observing right. what's going on, but. You know, of course, if you've been sitting in a vehicle that's driven, you know, you've been in it for days or weeks or months mm. and you've never, ever had to, you know, do anything to sort of step in and put your foot on the brake or anything. Yeah, eventually you're going to get to that point of maybe taking your eye off the ball for, a, you know, a little while, aren't you? Yeah. 
That's right. Mistakes happen, software mm. fails. There's, there's mm. a few sort of, it's a bit of an adventure to come, I think, still. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still sort of fairly, you know, positive around where we will get with uh, autonomous vehicles and the safety benefits they'll bring. Mm. Uh but yeah, maybe I'm not quite sure where to put where to put too much confidence, other than Waymo because they've been doing this for so many years, True. and they they seem confident that they're kind of ready this year to uh, to launch. But yeah, it'll be it will be very a very unusual situation that I don't think that we've really faced in technology before, where we're comparing one company versus another company on a very different metric, mm. which is how many people does their technology kill? <laughs> you know, that's that's exactly. going to be a stat that they're looking at. At the moment, they've got the the friendlier stat, which is um, in California that these companies have to measure, which is, uh, you know, how what's the average distance that the autonomous vehicle has to go before the before a driver has to sort of step in and take control, mm. and the stats aren't very good for any of them except for Waymo. Um, but I mean, someone's going to put those numbers together, presumably, and sort of work out. Well, you know, how can you sell this technology? It kills more people than Waymo or something. Oh well, it's half the price. I mean, I, I don't know exactly right. How are you going to weigh this stuff up, right? Yeah, commercial. Oh well, we we like Apple. Well, is Apple safer? Oh, you know, it's kind of a um, yeah, bit of a hitch off to yeah. It's yeah. coming. Yeah, but that is the the world that uh, that we're getting into, and I think you know, going forward, we're going to see a lot more of. These types of dilemmas, right? You know, with with data and that's right, um, AI and robotics and so on. So um, yes, inter- interesting times ahead. Um, now, I also read a little bit um, around uh, Microsoft and their uh, their AI um, bot that is able to make. Phone calls. Now, of course, it was uh, Google that we were hearing this uh, about uh, the other day, and um, you know, very, very interesting that Google's able to, uh, you know, maybe go and call hair salon for you or whatever it is, and uh, and make make an appointment. Um, but yeah, it seems like they're not the uh, they're not the only one in this game, and uh, Microsoft. Have have in fact had uh, had something in operation now, not not quite the same, um, but they've had a service happening in uh, in China, and Euro would interact through a chatbot, varying other mechanisms, and also uh, have it call you. So um, it's all in uh, Cantonese. So. Um, I wouldn't be able to understand it, but it seems like the technology is uh, is there. So there's obviously a, a lot that's sort of going on with these uh, big big players from a voice uh, perspective. Um, some of, some of which um, we just aren't hearing about. No, but it, it's it's if you think about those two sort of fairly significant announcements within weeks of each other. Um, for me, I, I just this is a. AI is, move, AI is moving very, very quickly, and these are great examples of how quickly it will move. Mm. And 
yeah, the the Microsoft product is in Cant- Cantonese at the moment, but you know we can we've got all got translate functions now, and I can't imagine it's going to take a very long time for it to um, scale. And um, it's kind of exciting. I, I, this one, this one's kind of fun for me versus the the autonomous cars. Um, one that there's not human lives at risk <laughs> necessarily, but also um, you can see how this would be a really useful technology as well and very accessible to lots of people very quickly. Um, I, I'm really excited about it. I saw that the the Google demonstration when it was a few weeks ago, not personally, but you know on on the internet, um, and it was just amazing. So I don't know. This is this is this is this one's good for me. Yeah, and look, there's there's probably all all sorts of uh, you know possibilities that we could we could start imagining, um, but yeah, yeah, I think ultimately there will be you know benefits for for everyone out of uh, out of this technology, and yeah, we just have to keep a watch on um, um, some of the more nefarious uses for, for yeah. this sort of <laughs> tech. Right? I was chatting to someone the other day actually around. Um, the Obama videos that were out recently that mm. were, you know, basically completely synthesized and had him saying a bunch of stuff. Now, he was also used in, in some of the earlier demos, which would be going back at least a, at least a year. But they were sort of, you know, they were very clearly labeled as, as look, you know, this is a demo of the technology yes. and so on. Um but yes, it was raised with me the um, the perspective of well, now that video can be you know faked so easily, yeah. what does that mean for things like surveillance systems and and, and other too. things, right? Like evidence and crimes. Can 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 you trust any of that because you can actually you could just synthesize the whole lot? Um, you know, is this really us speaking, or is this a bot that's worked out how to how many ums and ahs I do, and you know, fed fed them in along with uh, some other bits and pieces, and it's heard, you know, it's got our voices, and away it goes. It'd certainly, be possible in the not too distant future. I think, yeah, probably quite possible now, actually. The nefarious use of machine learning, you know, it just uh, yeah. Uh. It's going to be a very different world in a few years' time. Yes. So, yeah, you can imagine, yeah, so, uh, political-type scenarios. Somebody's got a recording of somebody saying, you know. Maybe we go back to good old-fashioned lie detector tests. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's uh, I don't know. Does, well, that, actually, yeah. there must be, that's a new area that we haven't investigated. They're prob- that's probably an area where they could you know, take it to a next level because those lie detector, the lie detector pretty sort basic. of technology, pretty simple, yes. right? So I would think that you apply a bit of AI that looks at facial, looks at, yeah. you know, a whole lot of different things. You could probably actually get that, you know, right up to a, and I don't know what the percentage is for, for lie detectors except, mm. that you know, that people can pass them so um, or can, you know, trick them. So, um, yes, that, that could be a new business, Oh, watch the space. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, time to um, delve a little bit into Lightbox. So, to start with, maybe you can give us a, a for you know, I guess listeners will have different levels of knowledge and sure. and perspective. But where did Lightbox come from? Because this is a, a new business, and it started within um, you know not with within kind of. Um, uh, you know, not an independent startup business, but Funded also, you know, within a particular area of Spark, so mm. within the, the ventures unit. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Um, 
Oh, where do I start? There's so much to say. Uh, Lightbox was... One minute. <laughs> <laughs> within a minute, I can do that. No. I can talk fast. Uh, so Lightbox was formed within an incubation unit uh, called Spark Ventures, and that was a little over four years ago. Lightbox is, yeah, nearly four. Um, and the idea was that we'd set up a separate sort of area where businesses like ours could be um, created... Uh, relatively freely um, using new technologies such as lean and agile, um, not sort of weighed down by weighed down by the um, incumbent or a telecom at the time's technology stack. Just move fast and do some new stuff. You know mm-hmm. that was the brief, and so we were very lucky in that we had a greenfields opportunity to start a brand new business with the sort of safety net of, of big spark as we as we had referred to it at the at the time um you know sort of assuring us up for success so we've we've been nearly um like i said nearly four years in business um we're a very close number two behind netflix in new zealand in that time um i no longer have to explain what i do for a job because i think people now understand a little bit about what lightbox does oh absolutely which is great because um trying to explain what you did um, before Netflix was even in the country, there was a little bit of a challenge. So um, that, that's sort of what we do. It's, it's, it's TV on the internet. Mm. Um, I don't like the word streaming because people have different, like mixed connotations about what that actually means. Um, so that's, we're at about, uh, sorry, in excess of 300,000 customers now. Um, we are available with Spark. We're available without Spark. Um, we're going from strength to strength. Now, when now as part of um, Spark, is it called Spark Ventures now? Because it was Telecom Digital, Digital Ventures. Ventures to start with, right? TDV, mm-hmm. and now it's Spark Ventures. Is that right? Yes. So, who were the other entities that were, um, you know, that came out of our, the Ventures unit as well? Um, so, uh, Skinny uh, Mobile, uh, Big Pipe Broadband. Curious, who is the big data business, um, and most recently Internet of Things, so there's, uh, and more pork, sorry, I forgot one. Mm, mm. So relatively new businesses and adjacent revenue streams doing some new stuff um, in Spark, and all those businesses still exist, so I, I think that it's a good thing. Yeah, that's a, certainly a, a good a good. A good sign, as long you know, as long as they're they're doing uh, they're doing okay. Yeah. Because with these sorts of things, you also have to know well, when do you kill something off? Yeah. That hasn't uh, that hasn't worked as well. Mm. So now you, you talk about the customer base. It's a that's a big customer base to have. Mm-hmm. Um, Three hundred thousand. Now, when you mention that figure, is that how many people have got access? Is it how many people you know use it regularly? Because I remember, um, you know, that you get access to it by uh, you know having a spark internet connection yeah. right without having to pay um, but of course a lot of people will have that and they they don't necessarily get around to using it and trying it out yeah so yeah. Um, just to give you an indication we launched our relaunched our platform a week and a half ago and 75 percent of that three over three hundred thousand have re-logged in so t- to give you a sort of sense of, of you, you know the effect of, Level of activity of our customers, I was pretty happy with that. That's great. Um, yeah. The other, some of the other twenty five percent never will. Um, it's and hopefully most of them will. Mm. We haven't done any marketing yet, so when they see the new stuff, I'm sure they'll be very excited about it and, and compel them to sign in again. Yeah. Now the changes that you've uh, that you've brought with this update, and look, I've had it uh, update on my TV, uh, phone. 
Is it on Apple TV? Yep. It's on Apple TV? PlayStation. Um, PlayStation. Not on Xbox. Not you? yet. Okay. <laughs> I had that question come across Twitter <laughs> yesterday, actually. When are you coming on to Xbox? Um, so I guess people are kind of, you know, that, that haven't had a good look yet or maybe they're not using Lightbox will mm. be curious you know, what's this update all about? Does it, you know, does it make it any more compelling, uh, you know, f- for people? And yeah, I guess that's probably the first thing in terms of, you know, what what's there. Well, I hope so. <laughs> it's a lot of work for nothing otherwise. <laughs> um, so Lightbox, as it stood, was, was one product. Um, we've relaunched ourselves as three different p- products um, without sort of going on about it too much. We've We've um, introduced the ability to download content and view it later. So we've already had some people, actual customers, do that, and they've loved it. And uh, this, this, I guess it's um, that sort of feature will be one of the things that's um, driven the underlying sort of technology absolutely. changes to enable these new capabilities. Yeah, right? we didn't have a lot of flexibility with our previous vendor, and our new vendor has given us lots of flexibility. So the ability to download is a really important one. Um, the ability to download movies is, is, is the other thing that we also do. Um, and when I think about other businesses in the market, I'm not sure that, that anyone does all of those things yet. Um, it's not quite true because Netflix does do um, download on movies but we have new release movies so um, again sort of trying to differentiate um, be relevant for our customers but really taking on feedback actually Um, we've had you know when you've got sort of three and a half years of learning on on, on, below your belt I think you can know that you can take some pretty um, measured um, risks I suppose and we'll see yeah we've had some Amazing numbers in the, in the first week, so I can I can only imagine what the next next few weeks will bring. So, yeah, look, the idea of um, being able to download the content, I've certainly used it on uh, Netflix and uh, yeah, probably with Amazon as, as well. Yeah, and look, there are some scenarios where that's yeah really really useful. Um, it's because it's actually nice to be able to go off offline for a time too. Mm. So there are some, you know, holiday type situations yes. and things like that. And um, you know, we're starting obviously to get internet on flights, but uh, it doesn't really handle you know streaming content no, not very, yet. No. Uh, very 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 well. So um, that's really handy. Now you've also got the um, I was going to call it Netflix Kids, the <laughs> light light lightbox um, kids piece. Yes. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that and how that works because mm. there's, uh, you know, it's going to be a little bit challenging to make these things work. How have you, yeah. what's the approach you've so, taken? So um, when we started on our journey, we knew there was a gap in the market for kids' content. Well, um, at the time, what happened? There was a couple of things that happened. I think TV3 closed down their second, Channel 4 I think it was called. Um, I think Sky stopped doing one of their kids TV channels I can't remember what that was called as well but there's a few things that happen in the market Mm. and we saw the opportunity and thought actually we can do something here again we went to our customers and said look what do you guys what do you guys think what do you want and clear feedback was when I've got my child watching YouTube I don't necessarily know what they're up to wouldn't it be great if you could make it safe and secure for, for my kids and so that's exactly what we've done we've got we've got a separate area which you know just looks a bit different mm. but actually you can lock your children in that sounds a bit weird with a pin number and so when you've got a, you know a, I don't know a three-year-old a four-year-old I have a five-year-old and um, if he's using the iPad I know that I can set 
set the pin and he's only ever going to be able to watch G-rated content. Right. And does Netflix do do anything like that? They have enforced profiles. So you can say I'm a, I'm a kid's profile and within that kid's profile you can watch all kids' content and you mm. can sort of select the rating. Yeah. Um, so they do a, a similar thing. Yeah, I've never looked at the sort of the lockdown piece of yeah. of, of that one. I've, um, I, I don't know if but I it do was very It was certainly very clear in your communications that mm. you could sort of, yeah, you could quite easily pin lock. I don't know where Netflix comes up. Yeah. You know, my son, he will choose his profile because that's yes. got what he's interested yes. in anyway. Um, so I've never you know, been curious around, oh, could I lock it down so mm. that... Uh, you know, youngster can l- look at other, you know, other contents. So. Yeah, and like I'm sure myself being a parent, I would never attest to the idea of leaving my child with an iPad for any extended period of time. But if I was going to do that, you know, you'd feel very comfortable doing that because I know it's content that he can easily scroll mm. and um, he won't see anything he shouldn't see. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's good. Now, content is king as they as they say yep. um and so that's got to be a big part of your role right in terms of running lightbox you've got to make sure you've actually got some pretty compelling content so yeah, it's massive um now there's the two aspects and that you've got the tv content that that's always been there and then you've got the i would call it pay-per-view yes, type you pay-per-view know rent a movie yes. uh type type thing which gives you that new release content mm. uh you know coming through the same app the same platform and so on uh, which is good. Um, I haven't tried it out yet, um, and um, I'll ex- I'll explain the technical details um, about that. Will I? Won't I? Well, I've sort of I've sort of mentioned. <laughs> it. Okay, now. <laughs> so I've got a Lightbox account, um, but I no longer have a Spark account. But I'm not paying for the Lightbox account, so you can probably uh, look up later and find yeah, find out why. So. Um, so I had a, a Spark account uh, for that I was paying for, but then I think that situation sort of changed, sure. and so uh, I'm no longer paying for it. But I've still got access, so I was like, oh, well, I, you know. And obviously, that person isn't using it themselves, yes, because uh, otherwise I would have got kicked out. So I was yeah. a bit surprised because I actually thought I was paying for it. Ah. I only figured this out last week when I went in. So I don't know if I'm paying for another account somewhere because I've was sure I'd seen it on a credit mm. card bill. Anyway, so I've cut this account. And I was like, oh, well, I can't rent a movie because that's, that's going to appear on their uh, on, oh, on their bill. But then card. I went in and actually you can apply a credit card yes. or you do apply a credit card for those movies. So it is quite separate to your Spark bill, isn't it? Yes. And I guess you've done that because you've got people, you know, a lot of people that aren't Spark customers as well. Yeah, right? we, so, we do. Yeah. And... Um, I used to work in home entertainment, which is DVDs, mm. and that business is virtually non-existent now. And if if you think about that, I can't even couldn't even tell you where a local DVD store for me is, mm. me is now. So when you think about, there's still a, a decent size a, a set of people who want to see something that they missed at the cinema. Mm. Um, this was a way for us to start talking to those customers, and um, without any obligation to buy Lightbox or, or the TV mm. bit. Mm. So I think that's mm. a nice customer story there. Right. Um, and it just keeps us as a brand in front of people's minds and going, actually, gosh, actually, here's another live example. Um, my son is reading Harry Potter at the moment, and he wanted to see number four. I don't know what it's called off the top of my head. Um, and um, he asked if, you know, Lightbox would have it. I didn't know at the time, but we do. So, again, um, a 
title that's not available anywhere else other than possibly on iTunes that um, we've got a captive audience base, lots of family viewers mm. um, who can now buy a movie as a one-off, mm. download mm. it, watch it later, whatever. Do you have the Do you have the option to? So you have the option to own it as well as to rent it? Not to own it. Not to own it. We did it. look okay. at that. Yeah. Um, it's not a huge demand for it in New Zealand. There is there is a demand for kids' movies. Yeah. That's kind of it. Yeah. Um, lots of people threw away their DVDs over the last few years because they take up just so much storage space. And so I think that indicates the ability to access movies kind of when you need them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think people are willing to do that. Okay. Mm. Now... Around getting the content, I'm kind of keen to hear about your, you know, travels ar- around the world to uh, to acquire this content. What does that look like? What are the shows that, that you go to? I've been reading oh, a, a little f- bit about these things recently. It's the fun part. Um, where I attended LA screenings last week, actually, and this is that's when um, all of the Hollywood studios showcase their new shows for the next for the coming year. Mm. Um, it's just incredibly valuable to sort of see what products being made, what your competitors will have as well, because we won't win everything. Um, and just kind of feel, you know, we talked earlier in, in, in the podcast about um, being where things are with Rocket Labs and, and NASA. For me, being in, in Hollywood for a week, knowing where TV is made and, and sort of all the thought that goes in behind that, nothing like it. Mm. Um, so that, that was that was awesome. And so I've got a very clear idea of the kinds of shows we'd like to buy. You start to know your audience pretty quickly as well. Um, so we know what our audience has liked. A Handmaid's Tale has been an incredibly popular show for us. Um, the Good Doctor, which is a, a medical drama, has also done very, very well. So we're sort of thinking about what we learned about how those shows perform for us to inform how we um, will buy more shows, um, which kind of implied in there is a data piece. So because we're a digital platform, we know um, we don't know who our customers are other than their, by their email address. We absolutely know what they're watching. Um, and then thinking about how we feed more content to those guys. Um, you know, we're looking at a recommendation solution. Um, what's the way that we can make that a really great viewing experience for our customers based on what we know about them already? Right. Now, there's a New Zealand company that... Um predicts what programs are going to be yes. going well. Yep. His name's... Uh, Parrot. That's it, Parrot Analytics. <laughs> um, do you work with, with their We were, we were their first New Zealand customer, okay. so we've been with yeah. them for um, three and a half years, actually. Um, amazing. So we, we so that's a great help in what you do. Yeah, it yeah. is, and it's yeah. you know it's sort of the leading edge technology at the time. It certainly certainly was, and it's it's helped us to understand what's performing in the market. So it takes a very market facing view. Mm. We have access to the UK, to the US, um, to Australia to see what's performing in those markets. We could subscribe to others, but those mm. are the most relevant to us, um, and that helps to inform what we think will will work well. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's good. Um, now. I'm just. This is sort of a little, a little bit away from what you do, but you know, you talked about. Um, well, there was a event in Europe actually. What's the one that you go to in Europe? What's that? Oh, MIPCOM. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So it's an, it's an international conference, and that's sort of the second sort of big event that yeah. buyers go to to yeah choose. Yeah. The content. So LA screening is predominantly Hollywood studios. Everybody yeah. else, including the Hollywood studios, then go to to Cannes, and again, it's it's a huge sales conference. Mm. Um, seeing mm. more of their new stuff. Um, and everybody's there. I think there were 13,000 attendees last year, so it's a huge market. Mm. Mm. Now, we've talked on the podcast, I don't know, once or twice around 
at least one of the companies that's uh, in the Asian market. Mm. Are you sort of following what's happening there? I remember there was a, and I'm trying to remember the name, but a, a Netflix style. iFlix maybe? Yeah, mm-hmm. iFlix, mm-hmm. Uh, who seemed to be doing some really interesting yes. uh, things that were coming in at a, a low price point, which yep. was sort of what was going to work in their markets, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a bunch of economies that uh, – you know, yeah, you wouldn't expect people to be be able to pay the same as what we do. What have you noticed in in those markets? So, um, Mark Britt, who's the CEO of iFlex, is really a really interesting guy. Um, he his focus has been around cracking Asia, and Asia is not a country; it's uh, many, many different countries, lots of diverse cultures, um, lots of languages spoken, and and not always a high um, disposable income. So putting all of those forces together I think if someone can crack Asia that's a, that's a, that's a fantastic thing so the most recent thing that I think that iFlex are doing and I'm going to probably remember the details wrong but they're offering a ad supported free version of their product in some territories um, some countries and um, which is interesting because it's you know iFlex doesn't, hasn't had ads to date mm. but if you think about um, them wanting to be in more homes in, in, in Asia, um, if, if advertising allows them to be in homes but offer their product free, that's not a bad thing, you know. It allows so you I, to compete with free-to-air TV, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it's yeah. providing access to those um, households. Not all those households have broadband either. So again, trying to find compelling reasons to attract those customers. Everyone, like pay TV is much easier to access in some of those regions than um, broadband. Um, it's, and, it's, and, and, and sometimes it's a, a pirated version of uh, pay, pay TV. Like sometimes I've it is. in some locations. Yeah, but again, yeah. that's why like it's a bit of a stroke of genius making it available free, I think, because actually mm. when, you, when it's free and it's great quality, why would you try and pirate it? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, um, yeah, it's, 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 they're doing some really smart things. That's great. They've got a a load of venture capital funding as well, so I would hope they'll be putting that to good use. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, you know, it's great, especially with New Zealand being a a smaller market, a smaller economy, being able to look and see what's going on in other markets Mm. and, and... you know, the there obviously you want to you know cherry pick the things that are that are working well and uh, that make sense for for New Zealand, right? So, sure do. Yeah. 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 So um, we've got we've launched some new stuff. So we and now it's about how do we um, keep evolving as the market evolves? And you know, there's lots of challenging things to come. Will mm. Amazon come into New Zealand in a big way? If so, when? Because um, they have a video service as well. Um, so I think there's lots of lots of things really interesting things shaping, shaking up in, in the content world. Yeah, mm. yeah. Oh, that's exciting. Now, um, Brightcove, that's the new technology platform that yeah. you're utilising. Yes. Um, am I right that Brightcove gets used for sports streaming as well in some They some They do have a live platform, yep. Yeah. So uh, they did some of the boxing, they do um, – Tennis Australia, they might even do Cricket Australia. They've got a few live sort of things going on around the place. Right. Now, you're probably not quite ready to make any announcements down that that track. Is there anything more you can tell us about moving into into sport? We've got the Rugby World Cup, right? So Spark does. um, And we're having a conversation at the moment to go, well, where's the right What's the, what is the right platform for that? Mm. Is it Bright Cove? Is it another vendor? Don't we're sort of just figuring out. Mm. Um, live isn't a thing that we've ever done before as Lightbox, mm. um, and it's got a few challenges, hasn't it? Yeah, but it's also a, an impending deadline, right? So 
um, who's going to ha- which vendor is going to help us get to that impending deadline as quickly as possible, um, with a very very reliable service with huge, you know broad coverage across all of New Zealand. Um, those are the things that are sort of um, absolutely top of mind for us at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck with that. Um, I might be get it right because. Uh, you know, there'll be a lot of people throwing stones at you. Don't, yeah, so. there already are so. some stones, um, big ones. Haven't made, haven't broken the windows just yet, but but we're keeping an eye on them. Um, I think that's a it's it's risky, but I think the payoff can be huge as well. And um, we want to do it, just execute it brilliantly. So we'll just see how we go. Yeah, hmm. how hard do you think that's going? That's actually going to be because you know we we've looked at. We've talked about Sky many times on on this I podcast, <laughs> and, uh, and you know it's fair to say you know thrown a few stones at that you know some of some of their failings. Mm. How you know how hard do you think that will be to sort of get an offering that's you know really cohesive is going to work well, um, and. Yeah, I guess you've got some users who have just got poor broad- broadband, right? Yeah. So, so, so for the it'll be about. I've got a like a specialist team, right? So, mm-hmm. so, so if anybody can do it, they can. Um, there's also the sort of the what if the internet breaks element because that's a bit that we can't control actually, um, and that's why the partnership with TVNZ allows us to have some games broadcast free to air, including the final, right. hopefully. And so, I think we absolutely recognise that there's a risk that things do break um, and so we'll, we'll, mit- we'll mitigate those as best we can So if it all falls over we can just watch it all free on TVNZ I didn't say free I did <laughs> say TVNZ okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well there we nice go tri- Nice try Paul <laughs> <laughs> Well thank you Hema um, that's been really good Good cool. to learn a little bit about what's happening in the lightbox world and oh, to yeah. hear a few of your opinions on the other topics of the day. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very opinionated. So that's thank you for having me. It's been really fun, actually. Good stuff. Now, where do people track you down online? You're on Twitter? Yep, Hema, yeah. Hema Patel is my Twitter handle. Okay. I'm um, on, on, obviously on LinkedIn as well. Um, and I'm not very active on Facebook, but, you know, I am there somewhere. It okay. might, might be hard okay. to find. Good, good. Um, but LinkedIn and Twitter is definitely where you'll find me. Excellent. Oh, that's great. Well, And people can find me on the same sort of places. Paul Spain on Twitter and Facebook and uh, LinkedIn too. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening in and we'll catch you again next week. See ya. The New Zealand Tech Podcast brought to you by Gorilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT.